Chicago residents. This is your boy, Khalif Adams. This year, 2019 at E3, we're doing something very, very different. We're doing a collab thing with our friends over at the Wardcast, bringing you some of the best and most exclusive content on the web. We have some fantastic interviews and some fantastic conversations for you. Make sure you're checking out our show. Make sure you're checking out their feed over at the Wardcast on all podcast platforms. And make sure you do it right about now. What's up, everybody? Ricardo, this is Khalif here. E3 2019. We're here hanging at the Ubisoft booth here with the creative director on Watchdog Legions, Clint Hawking. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's been a great show so far. You have the dopest game on the floor of E3. I'm saying it now after just getting a demo. I'm putting it on there. I wish I had one of those little phone board things you can put on the booth. That's like dopest game of the show. You have to talk to me about the ideas around the NPC stuff that you're doing. The fact you can choose any NPC and be that character in the game. Please let the folks know at home what's that all about. So in Watch Dogs Legion, first of all, your mission is to build a popular resistance to fight back against an authoritarian regime. But what's really important is the way you do that is by recruiting people from the open world, winning them over to your cause, bringing them into your team, and then and then playing as them. And you can play as anyone in this game, anyone, whether it's the bartender in the pub or the old lady in the park, anyone. One of the things I loved about the demo I got a chance to play was going through the first couple missions and kind of moving around and maneuvering in the space and trying to figure out, you know, what I can interact with and what I can actually uh, um, kind of touch and kind of move around in the spaces. How important was it to kind of build that world out and have that interactivity be in basically like everything that you can kind of see? Right. I mean, of course, it's we, we put a lot of attention to detail into our environments. Uh, we have to work with the animators and the artists and the level designers to get those patterns to flow properly, make sure all the animations look and feel good, all the gameplay works. Um, and I think, uh, and then we have the added challenge of trying to make sure that it works, you know, no matter which character you're playing, because you can be uh, an old lady or you can be a, you know, a former soldier who can roll and flip and use machine guns. So like, it's really important to get that robustness there. But I mean, that's something that, that, that is just core to the brand is really good gameplay, really good mechanics, really good feel. So when, so when you're all sitting down at the table, you're all in the Knights of the Round Table setting, and you're thinking about how this is going to work yeah. in terms of getting these systems to work together, and, and they work so well, yeah. what were the first kind of concepts and kind of conversations you were all having to kind of move this from a place that was kind of theoretical to actually being in the game in real? Right. So, I mean, in the very beginning... We looked at Watch Dogs 1, where DeadSec was kind of um, uh, a group that you worked with. They were in the background. And then in, in Watch Dogs 2, DeadSec was a, a group of people working together in San Francisco. And we said, well, what if we went from being one guy to being a team to being, like, anyone? And then we're like, okay, how are we going to do that? And then we started talking about what it would mean for story and for script and for voice acting and for animation and for AI and for uh, programming and for spawning people in the world and for traffic simulation. And then the list just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And usually when that happens, I'll be honest with you on a game, what happens is you go, yeah, that's cut. And then you do something else. Uh, but with this game, even as we were building out that list, 
it just got more and more exciting and everybody was like yeah i think we can actually do that like we can start cro we can do this we can do this we can cross that off we got this guy he can do that she can work on this and it just people just started to believe in it and they wanted to make it so we did one of the conversations that came up during the actual demo itself or at least before the demo was about how all these characters or a lot of these characters will be voiced in it in these npcs and have kind of uh different inflections and different kinds of flavors in the way that they kind of talk to each other and in, in the world. Yeah. How important was it to kind of get all that stuff in the game? And, and was that something that kind of came in early as a concept or was something a little bit later? So the really the biggest challenge when we started to figure out how Play as Enemy was going to work was how do we make sure we still have an awesome story, right? And having an awesome story means having great characters, great performance capture, great, great voice acting, great animation, great cinematics. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, those were the hard questions. And it was like, how, how many versions of the script do we have to write? And how many characters do their, uh, you know, narrative personas do we need to support? And like, how are they going to combine together so that it doesn't just feel like it's a few repeated characters? That really it is, it really is anyone. And those were the biggest challenges. Uh, going through some of the um, characters that I had a chance to play and kind of recruit through the process, I love the I love the concept of the having the origin story of when you're kind of bringing people onto the team. That was really smart. I really love that part. Can you talk a little bit about why that was important and kind of why that became you know the the initial the way that you would bring people into uh, Deathside? Yeah, I mean, I think um, what's really important is that <clears throat> you feel that these characters that you're recruiting and are becoming the heroes of your story, you need to. You need to believe in them as people, right? And if they just feel, you know, mechanical, like you, you, you know, you spend some points or something, and then they join your team, that's then you're not going to have as much investment. But if they are realized characters with a story and relationships, uh, someone's father's being held prisoner somewhere, or you know, someone's about to get beaten up by a by a loan shark or a whatever, then you see them in their lives and you believe that they're real and you believe their problems are real and, and then you believe that their motivations to fight back are real. And then they become yours and they become your own. And then you your mind and your heart kind of fills in the blanks and brings them to life one of the things that ubi does really really well is world build you all have done fantastic things in dc this year or with the division uh in the previous watch all games in san francisco now you're moving everything to london how, how cool was it to kind of move from you know the u.s now over to uh over the, across the pond yeah i mean moving to london was at first incredibly intimidating because it's such a an incredible city it's so diverse and so colorful and so uh complex and so much history right and they and drive on the on the left side of the road and it's really confusing so like uh we had to figure out um how to capture the essence of london and not just as a city in architecture and history and key landmarks and traffic but also like capture the essence of the people right because again it's play as anyone and london is one of the most diverse cities in the world. So how do you capture that cultural diversity and the diversity of people as well? One of the things, I, before I let you go, one of the things I have to ask is, as a new player, whoever that person may be coming into this game, if they haven't played the ones previously, you know, what's one of the first things you want them to kind of check out and, and, and kind of get into when you get into Watch Dogs Legion? Wow. Um, I mean, I want them to get um, sucked into the mystery of where where this new dead set comes from and who they are and what are their motivations because i think the the world is a our world our version of london is a pretty intimidating and threatening place and i want them to be motivated to fight back against that but i also want them to feel a sense of like mystery and wonder uh as they as they start to 
pull at the strings of the systems in the game to figure out what's going on. Clint, thank you so much for your time. It's a blast. I had a blast at the demo. I died not once. I didn't die at all, even though I had 7,000 cops trying to kill me. And it was fantastic. Every moment was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, my friends. Everybody home in Chicago, we're coming back. We got a couple other things for you for E3. And until then, we say peace. Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say peace.